0: You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Hey everyone, welcome back to Torah Sparks. This is Ori Um, at least I think it's me. I'll be honest with you. I am an identical twin. So I don't actually know if I am who I am. Like it's entirely possible that, you know, we were somehow switched my twin and I growing up, you know, just to prove it. Like we don't, not only do we not know who we are in baby pictures, even like family members, like close family members don't know a hundred percent who is who so it's a little awkward to be saying this you know honestly but assuming i am me then here here we go so the, you know there's someone else who also was having this struggle or or he wanted to tell the world something about the struggle of identity and that was with african american people and it was with dr martin luther king jr on august 28th 1963 dr king delivered one of the most famous speeches of all time and he said he said the following and it, you just forgive me because i might not sound exactly like him but he said i have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of the skin but by the content of the character i have a dream and he said these words, I have a dream. That was the name of the speech. But he said these words eight times. Eight times. That's eight. Eight times in one speech, he said the same phraseology, the same words to captivate and capture the, the audience. And I thought it was very interesting because. He was not the first person in life to have a dream. You know who else had a dream? Well, a lot of people had a dream. But I want to tell you something about Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, before Martin Luther, before Dr. King came along and had his dream, Moshe Rabbeinu had a dream. And you know what his dream was? To go to the Holy Land of Israel, okay? That's three different places. It's Israel. Okay, Eretz he wanted to go there so badly. He wanted to go there, be in the land, physically be present in the land of of holiness in the land of the Jewish people. I have a dream, Moshe Rabbeinu said. I want to be in Eretz Israel, but for whatever reason, and we know partially what the reason is. Again, on his level, on Moshe Rabbeinu's level, he messed up in the sense where he called the Jewish people rebels, and that was a lack of trust. And Hashem punished Moshe Rabbeinu that he could not go to the actual land; he could only see the land. Comes the Shavet God and Ruvain. Okay, in this week's parsha, and they say the following: They say, Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu, can we please just reside right there, off the you know, right outside of Eretz Yisrael, to the east of the land? Land, um, we'd rather not go into Eretz Yisrael. Take a step back, okay. So I uh, I don't know. I would use like, an example of like Reuven and Shimon because that's kind of classic. Maybe to be a little, un-cla- you know, not as classic, I'd do like Ruben and Simon. But uh, I don't know. If you want to insert your own names in the following analogy, you can. I'm just going to use Bob and Tom. Okay, so Bob and Tom were fantastic friends for years. They went to the same elementary school. They went to the same middle school. They went to the same kindergarten. Why went out of order? I'm not sure. And then they went to the same high school. Then they were both in the same yeshiva. And then they were both going to college, okay? And these were smart individuals. And they they both had this vision, a vision to go to the top school in the country to go to Harvard. Unfortunately, Bob got accepted, but Tom did not. They were having a conversation one day, and Bob, who got accepted, he said to Tom, hey, Tom, you should know something. I'm not going. I decided decided instead of going to Harvard, even though I got in, I decided to go to the community college. And Tom looks at him, are you nuts? Are you crazy? You have the opportunity of a lifetime over here. You got into the top school in the country. I was dying to go and I would have loved to go and I would have I I had a dream of going there to Harvard. Bob, how could you not? How could you not? How could you retur- turn something like that down? How could you turn away Think about Moshe Rabbeinu, what he's thinking right here. He wanted. He was dying. He had a dream. He had a dream to go to Eretz Yisrael and to just be there. And here comes along right in front of his face. Shave it, God. Shave it, Ruvain. And they say, Hey, Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, uh, we just want to go right there. We don't really want to go live in Eretz Yisrael. We'll just go off to the side. Can you imagine? They have the opportunity to go to Eretz Yisrael. They are allowed to go to Eretz Yisrael. They have. A, they. They got in. They got into Harvard. They got into. Eretz but they just they just turn to the other side and say, "Hey, no, you know, we'll go to the we'll we'll go off to the side. We'll go to the west of Eretz Yisrael." Can you imagine how emotionally difficult this must have been for Moshe Rabbeinu? But what does Moshe Rabbeinu do? What does a true leader do? What does the Jewish leader do? He doesn't take it personally. He doesn't play a blame game. He doesn't get annoyed and offended from a personal, egotistical vantage point. You know what he does? He focuses on a greater claw. He says, shall your brothers go out to battle while you settle here? And this is a true leader. This is a true leader. A true leader cares not just about himself, but about others and what's around him. And my friends, this idea is just one lesson, one lesson out of many from this episode with the shavet of God and Reuven wanting to live outside of Eretz Yisrael. There's another lesson. In the introduction of this episode with the Shvatim of Reuven and God, the Torah says, They had an abundance of animals. The Medrash Rabbah says, They were wealthy. The Shvatim, the Shivat God, Shivat Reuven, they were very, very wealthy. They had... An abundance of animals. V'chibabo as mamonam. They loved their money. V'yeshvu lahem chutz And they wanted to dwell outside of Eretz Yisrael. Lefichach, therefore, you know what happened? Galu echila. They were the ones who were exiled first. Mikol hashavatim from all of the tribes. Shnemar vayigaleim Leruvain, lugade ulachazi shevet hamenasha. It was these tribes, the tribes that wanted to not live in Eretz Yisrael. These were the tribes that went into exile first. This is fascinating. The pshat is not the pshat is not that they had more animals than everyone else. That's not Pesha. That's not what it means when the Torah says, Mikne Rav. It's not that they had more. It's that ulchambo Bo They loved their animals more. They loved their physicality more. They loved their Mikne more. It was Rav to them. It was great to them. It was it was so awesome to them. And because of that, they wanted to live right outside of Eretz Yisrael. They didn't They didn't want that. They just, they, they honored and respected their physicality so much to the extent that it distorted their perception of reality and truth of what was meant to be what was the right thing to do, which would have been to live in Eretz Yisrael and this is paralleled in the very last Tupukim of the of Parshas Matos which Ribshiman Shimon Schwab says something absolutely amazing he says there was a man by the name of Yair Yair the son of manasseh and he built a town again he had no sons on, of his own but he he built a town and they were called Chavos Yair Chavos Yair that was the name he named it after his own self again he had no sons but it was named after his own name Chavos Yair the next Pasuk set, talks about a man by the name of Novach. Novach went, v'novach halach, says the Torah. Va bishmo. You know what he called the name of his city? He called the name of his city Novach. Okay, so you have two men here in history. You have a man by the name of Yair who had real estate. He called it Chavos Yair. And then you have a man by the name of Novach who called this city by the name Novach. Rishim Schwa points something amazing out. Know, he says, if you look in Tanakh, in the history of the world, of the Jewish people, there is a fascinating and striking and, and spooky connection. You know what happens? In history, Chavos Yair remains. That city, those city of Chavos Yair, stays. It lives to tell the tale. But the city of Novach, it fades away. It goes. It's, it doesn't exist anymore. Novach gets destroyed. It fades away. And he makes a startling observation, and that is Yair. He had real estate. Yair had a physical, materialistic possession. But he didn't call his name that. He didn't put his whole entity in it. He didn't say, this is me. He said, Chavos Yair. But when it came to Novach, he called the city exactly by his name. It was him. He identified with his real estate, not realizing that his real estate was his neshama, was his chilek alokamima'ao, and that his physical possessions were just an extension of that, not that they defined who he was. And that was the difference between the city of Yair, which was Chavos Yair, which remained, it endured through history, as opposed to the city of Novach, which was called Novach, whom he identified with his physical possession, he identified with his real estate as opposed to his real estate, his neshama. And that city was faded in history. And it's very, very telling of what our calling is. You see, the parsios of matos and masse are very, very often, almost always read together. Matos and masse it represents a life cycle. You know, the word matos is related to the word mita, which means a bed, right? A bed represents sleeping, you're stopping, you're pausing, and masse means journey, to travel, to move on. And this is life, my friends. Life is about stopping and going, about stopping and going. It's about traveling and moving. And then we stop and pause and we go weiter. And then we stop and pause and then we go further. And it's this constant back and forth and it's this constant movement of I'm going places, I'm moving places. But the question we have to ask ourselves is how do we define ourselves? Do we define ourselves like Shevet God and Ruvain did by their abundance of physical possessions? Well, they went into exile first. Do we define ourselves like Novak did by our real estate in other words, buy our possessions, buy our car, buy our house, buy our phones, buy our whatever it is. Well, that fades away, just like the city of Novak did. Or do we define ourselves by by truth, by reality, by our neshama, by our by our connection with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, by realizing, yeah, we live in the physical world and we need it, but we don't define ourselves by that. We define ourselves by our true real estate and that is our neshama, our chilek wishing everyone a holy week and we'll see you next time.